how are you all? It's uh, good to uh, connect with you, albeit down uh, a camera lens. The title of the talk today is Staying Well. Staying Well. And you could be forgiven for thinking that I'm going to talk to you about how you hand wash, how you sing some happy birthdays or say our hand washing prayer. Social distancing, I mean until a few weeks I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, but, but it is a thing and we are all trying to acknowledge two metres, like hand-to-hand -hand contact would be too close, etc. But that's not what this is about, that's not what we mean by staying well, although obviously that helps. I think as this situation that we are all going through right now, as that is developing, one of the key concerns that we have, and I think some other people share too, is for people's mental health. What's going on on the inside as much as what's manifesting in symptoms or not on the outside. So perhaps, perhaps a better title for this talk would be, would be Loss and Joy. Loss and Joy. I thought staying well might capture people a little bit more than if I said, we're going to talk about loss this morning, uh, but loss and joy. But we're going, to, we're going to hit straight in with talking about loss, first of all. So loss is not really a favourite subject to people. It's certainly not a favourite subject of mine. But it doesn't mean that loss isn't something that we all face and that we all have to face up to at some point. I believe handling loss is really important and can I make something really clear to you from the get-go? I am not very good at this. So I, I am not speaking to you as someone who's like, oh, honestly, watch me. I'm really not very good at this at all. But just because I'm not very good at it, it doesn't mean it's not important. See, many of us are facing loss even right now, because of the situation we are going through, we, I don't know about you, I've lost my daily routine, many people have. There's a loss of interacting face-to-face -face with friends. There is the loss of going to your favourite restaurants or pubs. There's a loss of space at home, I, I don't know about you, we definitely feel that. A loss of seeing older relatives and being able to have a meal with them or just check in with them. And we love social media, that's, that's great, and we love the fact that you now, with the technology we have, you can, you can dial something, it could be a FaceTime or Skyping or wherever, who knew that there were so many social, uh, social networking platforms, but there are video conferencing. Some people have faced even worse loss. They've maybe lost a job, maybe you've lost some vital income, or maybe you've lost a loved one. So facing this loss, acknowledging this loss, and moving through the grieving process, however short your grieving process is, it helps us to stay well. So how do we do this? I mean, how do you face up to loss? Well, Jesus models this really well, as it happens. No surprises there. When Jesus learned that his cousin had been beheaded, haven't got time to go into that story, but his cousin had been beheaded, some of John's, that's his cousin, John's disciples came to Jesus and said, I'm so sorry, your cousin John has been beheaded. And it says that Jesus heard what had happened and he withdrew by boat 
privately to a solitary place. Now, I don't own a boat, and I don't think that's really going to be mainly practical for many of us. But I think the idea is that you go, it's a, it emphasises this, it says privately to a solitary place. That can be quite hard to find right now, but you might be able to find a quiet corner of your house or the very bottom end of your garden or hiding behind the bins, maybe in your bedroom, maybe in the downstairs toilet with the door locked, maybe your daily exercise routine, I don't know. And then it's good to write down or speak out some of those losses. That's all good. And for some of us, that's really hard. Acknowledging them before ourselves even, to speak them out loud. That can be a really tricky thing to do. I don't just speak them out loud. When I do this, which I really don't do often enough, when I do this, I try to speak them out loud and I'm telling God them. It's not that he doesn't know them, but it strengthens our relationship and I know that he cares. Sometimes tears will come as we speak of those losses too. And that's all okay. I'm not always very good at this, I must admit, I'm a little bit of a shed a tear and move on type guy. And you know, stuff happens, that's all very true. We should shed a tear and we should move on. Some of us lean a little bit too much into the moving on before we've had the chance really to shed a tear. But that's loss. Now for joy. So Paul, he was an amazing church planter guy. He went to various places, spoke about Jesus. People were captivated about Jesus. They gathered together and Paul said, oh, that's a church, brilliant. Uh, and then he went and did that all over the place. And he said this, we may suffer, yet in every season we are found rejoicing. We may suffer, yet in every season we are found rejoicing. And then it's also Paul that says this, writing to a different church that he had planted and then he moved on. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances. So hang on a minute. He didn't know about this pandemic when he wrote this, right? So are you saying we are supposed to have joy now? I mean, how can I have joy when, whatever, you fill in the blank? How can I have joy unless, and for many people they'll be saying, how can I possibly have joy when I am cooped up in my house and I can't leave? How can I possibly have joy unless I know that we are over the worst of this pandemic and no more people are going to die? How can I possibly know joy? Well, see, here's the thing about joy. Joy is not dependent upon outward circumstances, but it's dependent on the inner orientation of our hearts. It's a, it's a posture, a leaning. It actually really starts with a decision. So what I'm saying is joy is a decision that we make. I will no joy. I will live in joy. Joy is a decision. 
If we're honestly waiting for all the ducks of the world to line up in such a way that we can know joy, then for many, many people, they would surely never know joy in their entire life. So joy and thankfulness are very close cousins. So get this, I believe that thankfulness is the language of joy. So when you're in France, you speak French or English really loudly, but generally, if you live in France, then you speak French, and if you live in Russia, then you speak Russian. If you live in joy, you speak thankfulness. So closely linked, aren't they, that it's very difficult, actually, in many ways, to separate the two. You can't really be in joy and spend your whole time moaning. Nor can you think and speak gratitude and thankfulness and then not know joy. They are so linked, they feed into one another. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we get to know joy? Well, you can find that same quiet corner of your bedroom, garden, downstairs toilet, or on your way back from the dog walk. I think there are many dogs up and down this land who are like, please, no, I can't handle another walk. But maybe you're on your way back from the dog walk. And I would recommend you do almost the same thing. Begin to make a list of all the things you have in your life that you can be grateful for. I think you might be surprised, actually, at just how many things there are. I've seen a few of this, this stuff going around social media the, these last uh, couple of weeks, particularly this last week. What are the things that we can really genuinely be thankful for? And actually, for many of us, even if we're not sure where our next meal is coming from, for many of us, we still have a number of things that we can be grateful for. We don't have to speak of the things that we don't yet have. We can just be incredibly grateful for the things that we do have. We can speak them out loud, no holds barred, go for it. If you feel really courageous and you found a quiet spot, then why not? You can declare, you can shout them out. Oh, I am so thankful for. And you can make your little list. So sorrow, sadness, loss. We are acquainted with them, but we can also know joy. They seem so kind of incongruent with each other, like they, they just, they're not comfortable bedfellows in the slightest. But while being a resident of joy, life sometimes requires us to make visits to sorrow and loss. It can be really painful. So what I'm saying is this, I'm, I'm British, it says British on my passport. If I make a visit somewhere else, I'm still British. I'm still a resident of joy, if you like, but sometimes there is the need to visit pain, loss, to face up to those things. And this is not even just about having to stay in because of coronavirus. Many of us live with far greater losses than that. But here's the key. The land of loss and sorrow is a place that we pass through. We don't camp there. To not visit and deal with our losses is really unhealthy in the long run. But to set up camp there is even more dangerous 
because we can get infected with something far, far worse than coronavirus. If we don't deal with our losses, and we visit the place but don't move through, we get infected with bitterness. We meet many people, I meet many people, who really need to take that little journey through loss and to lose some of the bitterness that has started to become embedded in them. It's so pernicious. So no, as the Bible recommends to us and guides us, no, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And we rejoice always. We pray continually. And we give thanks in all circumstances. As Paul said, we may suffer, yet in every season we are found rejoicing. He could have said it this way. We may suffer, yet in every season we choose joy. Let's just pray. Wherever you are now in your lounge, in your bedroom, let's just pray. You don't have to close your eyes. There's no set formula. You don't have to put your hands together. That's really just for kids to stop them filling with other things and other people. But let's just take a moment. Father God, we know that loss is really just a part of life. It's a part of our humanity. It's a part of what happens. Help each of us, God, to be able to embrace that loss, to be able to travel through that land, to be able to face up to it, to be able to take the dog or imaginary dog for a walk, to find that space where we can deal with that loss and face up to it, speak it out. But I thank you, Father God, that in you there is a place always that we can choose joy. We can live in joy and speak the language of gratitude and thankfulness. And it's not easy sometimes. But Father, will you strengthen us, please, to be able to do that. And as much as we're washing our hands and keeping social distance to stay physically well, we also want to live in joy and acknowledge loss so that we stay emotionally well too. What we also love to do is every Sunday here, we love to give people the opportunity, and at other times, but every Sunday we love to give people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus if they never have before. Normally, in the auditorium, we suggest people just put their hand up while other people have got their um, eyes closed, but no one can see each other anyway. So if saying yes to Jesus and thinking, well, I, I want to know more about this God. He sounds like a wonderful father. I, I want to follow him. If that's you, then just pop a message to us. You can pop it in the comment or you can just message us. You can even call back during the week 9 to 12.30 and someone will be here just to answer your phone, maybe even to pray with you as well. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.